Welcome everyone, and this is the podcast of uh, Disney Princess Wannabe. <laughs> uh, the name's Destiny Backus, and I am here to read you a little selection of one of my many short stories. If you wish to check out the rest of my short stories, you can find them on my blog, Backus Fun Fiction. Uh, I hope you enjoy this reading, and I hope you have a lovely day. Hello, peoples. Today, I will be continuing... My reading of Violet. The rest of the night had been fairly uneventful, and with great difficulty, I was able to fall back into rhythm, but my boss and his pals never returned to their seats. It was brief, but I met the gaze of his bloodshot eyes just as he and his pals fled the saloon. Closing time fell, and everyone moseyed back home. It had taken a while, but in no time at all, I had managed to dust and clean everything up. The saloon was silent, and as tidy as it was going to get. Lanterns were blown out, tables were put in storage, chairs were stacked against the walls, liquor was locked in the cabinets, and every surface shined with the scrubbing I had given them. Until the bell tower Told at three o'clock, the saloon would stay this way, completely and utterly silent. But just because it was quiet didn't mean it was peaceful. I felt Violet before I saw her. Just like before, the same presence washed over me, but somehow it was stronger. Before it, before, it felt as if I was being watched. Now it was painful as if the sets of palms had dug their talons into my flesh, tearing through muscle and tendons as they skinned me alive. It wasn't even the sensation itself that was utter agony. It was the cold that seeped into my bones, pulled witness into my eyes, and made me tremble in my boots. For once I appreciated the blazing warmth that radiated from my hands. Instantly, I hugged myself and pressed them hard against my sides. Unfortunately, the heat did nothing against the presence I was feeling. That tap, tap, tap of her heels pierced my eardrums as Violet stopped at the threshold of the swinging doors. A puffy-sleeved limb creeped out from the darkness, and a long stick-like finger slowly beckoned me to follow. The presence of the knife-like digits began to pull and tug painfully against my skin. It was trying to yank me over to Violet, and I obeyed their call. Good, I was worried you wouldn't heed my warning, Violet praised, which nearly stopped me in my tracks. Her voice didn't sound empty. It was sincere, as if she was pleased with my obedience and it was laced with the cross accent of a Brit and something else I didn't recognize. Something deep yet feminine in its own right. My heart fluttered, and without thinking I spoke. Ah, your inflections. They sound lovely. I didn't take the Wisenhunts as a bunch of immigrants. I hadn't meant for it to come out that way. I find foreign girls and guys quite attractive. I had intended to simply compliment Violet and her family, but of course I beggared it up. 
I slapped both hands over my mouth, so forcefully that they made their displeasure known through cramping joint pains and further bloating at my lumpy knuckles. But I did not mind them, not when I could have made the last mistake of my life. I came to a full halt, inches away from the fragile barrier that was those swinging doors. The presence had stopped its clawing, almost as if it was shocked at my loose lips. Violet stared at me, with her gray-blue eyes darker than the deepest depths of the gold mines. I couldn't see her face, though. The dark void of nightfall had completely enveloped her, making it impossible for me to know when I should start running. Turns out I didn't need to. Violet, after a beat, started laughing. It was bouncy, bright, and melodious, like those country tunes performers would play during open hours. A firm, squeezing presence surrounded me as the presence started hugging me. I couldn't tell if it was because I had gotten used to it or if it had shifted with their mood. But the cold coming from them felt somewhat comforting now. Oh, such a cheeky little thing. It is going to be a treat training you up. But we should get going now. You have a long night ahead of you. Violet had us travel to the Wisenhut Manor by stagecoach. It was different from the one the old bartender had been dragged into. Malcontents were always put in wooden cramped black stagecoaches that were more like traveling prisons than anything else. No seats, no windows, and six-foot-long walls suspected to be made of mahogany. Wisenhuts and their princes rode prestigious gray-blue ones with gold accents that would make any employee at the Abbott Downing Company green with envy. Big windows with gold lace curtains, plus sheets of black velvet, multiple compartments under the seat for bags, and a long table sitting in the center of everything. The table itself appeared to be half icebox and half cabinet. The left side was reserved for cold, while the right was reserved for hot refreshments. Both were separated by a wall to prevent the opposing temperatures from intermingling. And on the flat surface of the table rested four bowls of snacks and two bottles of what I believe to be sparkling cider. You know, this is quite a relief for me. I have wanted to do this for a long time. Violet and I sat across from one another, her ethereal eyes combed over every inch of me. A golden lace ribbon, the same one she had once used to keep her hair tied up, had been placed in her purse, allowing her straight, oakshire brown hair to messily cascade down her shoulders, back, and face. Ever since I first saw you, but I couldn't act at the time, I had to wait for your contract with Mr. Dye to expire, and even then I had to hope you would make it out alive. I was once again taken aback. While it was hardly a secret, it wasn't something I liked talking about, nor was it something I thought Violet would bring up. The Wisenhuts hated indentured servitude and slavery. So much so, they managed to eradicate slavery when it started to show. 
and they likely would have gotten rid of indentured servitude as well if it weren't for the very real threat that it would undo the previous progress they had made. I couldn't fault their logic. Indentured servitude, while horrific, was a lesser evil than the former could ever be. But knowing that didn't cure the damage that had been done to my rough, knobby-knuckled hands. Years of popping, farming, and carpentry had taken their toll. With all due respect, Violet, I don't want to talk about it. It's too shameful. I whimpered, my voice quivering pathetically. I could still feel the nauseating crack of the rod against my hands. The hands were always his favorite place to punish. Granted, he would whip me and beat me like other masters, but I think he knew how fragile I was, how easy it would be to kill or cripple me, and my boss couldn't do that. Not when he depended on my services. Usually, he would only beat or whip me when I messed up. During such an occasion, the Wisenhuts had chosen to make their patrols, just as my boss had strung my sniveling and wailing self up by the rafters. My boss had never moved so fast to get me down. Are you sure I could? I shook my head, actually managing to cut Violet off. I couldn't continue with this conversation, especially if she was going to keep referring to him as Mr. Die. All right, I understand you're not ready yet. But for the record, there's nothing shameful about facing hardship. Not everyone can be lucky. I certainly wasn't before I first joined the family. Do you think a barren woman in this day and age had it easy? I shook my head with my body rigid at the idea that Violet had gone through hardship or pain. I wanted to apologize for what I didn't know, but I never got the chance to. The presence of thin hands had started to get more affectionate, dancing on my body with the dancing on my body with the seductive grace of a sullied dove. My body steadily started to war with the fire that burned in my face and the ice that coiled up my whip cracked back. Though Jerry, when you feel the need to talk, you can come to me, all right? I nodded. Good. I needed you to know that. Violet, satisfied with my response, finally dropped the topic and moved on to something else. This time, I was ready for any surprises. So tell me, what do you know of the Wisenhut apprenticeship? That was a trick question. Violet knew as much as I did. While it was public knowledge as to who was an apprentice, it was not known what happened during the process. One day, the apprentice was normal. The next day, they were a Wisenhunt. To be fair, there were rare occasions where an apprentice would try to sell information about the family. I was there when one of them tried. The dark puddle of blood that followed was all that remained of her. Well, to be honest... I don't know much besides the toothbrace breath catching in my throat, my dark hazel breath catching in my throat, my dark hazel brown eyes traced on each of my scarred arms. I had left the tooth bracelets and the business card at the saloon. Violet snorted. She knew what I had forgotten. Well, at least she was amused. I discreetly looked up at her. Those 
Those small yet plump pink lips were pulled back into a lopsided smile, filled with perfectly pointed canines and perfectly straight teeth. I squealed like a pig. I jumped as the the hair tie that held my hair up came undone. My curly coal black hair waterfalled over my face, blocking my vision just as a crushing grip encased my wrists. I could feel the hold. Cut off blood flow from my hands as I managed to look down, squinting through the sea of darkness and the greasy follicles impairing my sight. My eyes adjusted just in time to catch a pair of bony hands slink into the darkness of the stagecoach. In place of where they had been just a moment ago, the tooth bracelets neatly rested around my wrists. I was speechless. Don't fret, dear. I didn't expect you to know much about the process. It is quite the closely guarded secret for us Wisenhuts. Violet simply continued with the topic, as if nothing happened. I followed her lead, pulling myself together as I slowly opened and closed my numb hands to bring back feeling to them. Second, only to one other, but that will have to wait until then. The apprenticeship is indefinite. You are free to do whatever you wish. You are free to leave the manor at any given time, but is re- but it is recommended you tell someone of your departure, where you intend to go, and how long you will be. Apprentices are quite valuable targets. The stagecoach came to a stop. Tap, tap, tap. The coachman and the woman wrapped their nails against the ceiling to announce our arrival. It could take days, weeks, months, or even years to complete the process. It all depends on the person, but one day you will be a Wisenhunt. Violet slowly rose from her seat, reaching out a hand towards me, as her head barely avoided hitting the ceiling of the large stagecoach. Okie dokie, I'm afraid that that's all we have to read for today. Or, well, I had to read for today. <laughs> uh, hope you enjoyed everything, and if you didn't, then, well, I hope you enjoy another one of my readings. And to those who are curious, again, you can find my uh, official uh, readings, or, well, writings, on my blog, uh, Back is Fun Fiction. Uh, hmm. Hope you have a good night or day.